Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Well, Tara, welcome to another episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, Chris. How about you? Pretty good. I'm really excited about today's show. Today we're going to... always excited. <laughs> I am always excited. We're always excited about our shows. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about negotiations and wh- and how you should negotiate and some tips for negotiation. So uh, we've got lots of do's and don'ts here and yeah. uh, I'm pretty excited to get going. But I, th- I think when you're going for a job, this is a portion of the process that can bring up a lot of anxiety. It can, you know, it can yeah. be really challenging for people. It's hard to do. It is hard to do. And it's, uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, maybe even skip this step a little bit because they don't want to mess with it. But I don't think you need to be afraid of it. No, I think a lot of people don't understand that the job interview is a two-way street, not a one-way. So not not only are you being interviewed for the position, you're interviewing the company and you're hiring your new boss because otherwise you're desperate, right? You're just kind of taking what comes first. And so it is a two-way street. You need to treat it like a two-way street. The negotiations are stressful and it's still a two-way street. And it's an expectation. I don't think a lot of people understand um, you're hiring uh, your new employer is going to expect you to push back on salary to at least try to get more of what you want or put out there what you want, uh, but in a respectful, professional way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth noting here that, you know, there's lots of things you can negotiate for besides money. There's, yeah. you know, amount of uh, vacation time. There's, you know, some sign on bonus, sign on bonus, things like that. There's probably right. some stuff that you're probably not gonna have very much, you know, <laughs> luck in negotiating. That might be, you know, healthcare plans and mm-hmm. some of those. That stuff is is probably, you know, not not very negotiable. But there are quite a few things that are negotiable, and uh, and and you should ask for them. Yeah, I will at least try. Because if not, the answer's no. Yeah, right. and, and and it's worth talking. I mean, even if the answer is no, then so what? I mean, yeah. you tried, and at least you know you didn't leave anything on the table, right? Yeah, you don't have any regrets. You you found out what was what was there, what wasn't there. You you didn't leave anything on the table, like you said. You're walking away with a, a, hopefully a good feeling that you at least put your best foot forward. Absolutely. And I did read uh, an article somewhere back that you know if you don't if you don't negotiate, then you're leaving somewhere between you know like zero and 20% on the table, right? That's scary. That is pretty scary. <laughs> that's upsetting. Cause that would, that would, that's one of those things where you walk away and you're like, Oh my God, if I just, if I just, I mean, how many times have we said that? What if, what? Yeah. You'll have that regret. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, hindsight's always where your confidence kicks in. Like I should have done this. And that's where you really need to start thinking about what should you have done after the fact and apply it to the negotiation process. And after the first time, it's not so scary. You kind of get your own groove to it and, um, you kind of know how you approach it and you just do it. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it's uh, the first time you do it is, is kind of the hardest. And then after that, it gets easier. So mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely something you want to do. And, and you know, certainly if you're going to go into a negotiation like this, it helps to, you know, do a little bit, bit of research and reading. You don't just listen to this podcast, although we're going to mm-hmm. give you lots of good tips and ideas. We are the only way to go. Come on. Yeah, now. We are we, the only we way. Are the, we're it. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is a good a good starting point. But uh, uh, certainly do, do your research. And I think it's highly contextual, right? Because it really depends on the position that you're, you know, that mm-hmm. you're going for and, you know, sort of norms within that industry. 
and all those sorts of things. So, yeah. you know, it is situational, but the tips we're going to give you on today's show really are sort of generalized and, uh, you know, they're going to be pretty good all around for those that are, you know, salary uh, employees and maybe some hourly employees yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we should probably get started with what you don't want to do, right? It's probably good to know what's probably not not a good thing to take to the negotiations table. Yeah. If you're going to listen to this podcast, don't skip to the end because right. we're going to tell you what not to do first. <laughs> do listen to what we're about to tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and the first one we've got here is don't bring up salary first. Yeah. Absolutely. This is um, a lot of people want to know if what's frustrating about applying for a position and interviewing is not knowing what you could be signing up for is what what's the salary? What does it pay? And so it's it's hard not to bring that up, but don't do it because you want to put forth the idea that you're there for the organization. You're there to be a good fit. Salary is important. Clearly, we all pay bills and we need the money, but you don't want to make that look like your only priority. There, there's more to it than that. Yeah, and I think in most cases, the company is going to bring up salary first, right? Because they're going to present you for, with an offer, and that's really the the jumping off point. But, yes. you know, even before you get to the offer, uh, you know, when you go through the trouble of actually doing an interview, you should have, you know, sort of a general understanding of what the pay range is, um, you know, for this position. And yeah. I think it's totally fine in, earlier in the process to ask, well, you know, what's your pay range for this position? And if it's, you know way out of whack, then maybe you don't even go interview, right? Right. Yeah. And because you don't want to waste anybody's time. Exactly. That's, time is our most valuable resource because we don't get that back and we don't create it. So I, I agree with that. It would be nice. And I think that should be, I know if I was running a job, um, oh, a, a, a job postings website, that would be one thing I'd require from anybody I was working with is what is the salary range? It doesn't, now that's not to say it's guaranteed, but at least there's an idea for folks who, um, for, for folks who are looking for positions. Um, but you kind of, to play devil's advocate on that just a little bit, you kind of have to look at the job description and realize if I fit into this and I've been doing this and I'm going to be good at this, then it should be worth about this much. Right. If it's clearly like flipping hamburgers, then you, you're, you're keep your expectations reasonable. Don't, don't over apply for something just because you think it's going to pay a huge amount of money and you're all about money. That's not how this works. You got to be reasonable about it. I like your point here that employers pay for skills and talents and not your desire for money. Cause really yes. everybody has that same desire to, to get, take home as much cheddar as they can. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, that, that's not a, you know, that doesn't distinguish you from anybody else. So, yeah, you know, it, your skills and talents are things that you need to highlight. Yeah. You got to set yourself apart through those skills and talents. That's what they'll pay for. Cause that's, that's how, you know, right. If you've ever been pursued for a position, you know, they're pursuing you. It's for your skills and talents, right? Absolutely. It's not because, Hey, yeah. I have a bunch of money to throw out there. You want it. It's you have what we need. We're, what do we need to do to get you over here? Yeah, I think the big question is what problem are you solving for them? Yes. Ultimately, it comes yeah. down to that, right? Absolutely, yeah. All right, number two here is don't make up a number. And you started to allude to that a little bit earlier. But, you know, right now you can go out. There's tons of websites you can go on. You can find out what, you know, salary ranges are for any specific position in a specific area of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, find this information out because the employers certainly have used that information and, and they know what those numbers are. Yeah. Uh, so go into this educated 
and just don't make up a number because chances are your negotiation is not going to go very well if you just make a number well, up. You'll be disappointed at that rate. <laughs> yeah. It's, this is worth this much. It's, it's not. You're going to turn a hamburger over on the grill, so it's not worth this much. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth noting that not all jobs pay the same, right? I mean... Accurate. Uh, yes. That's that's one of my biggest issues with like um, equal pay, right? Because the CEO of you know, an automobile corporation is, does not have the same um, job description and, and responsibilities as the CEO of somebody in the food and drink industry. Those are two very different, they may be identical titles, but very different roles, which means there's going to be a pay difference in those things. So uh, a business analyst is a very popular uh yeah, that's title. the catch-all it yeah. lately. Yeah. Yes. When we don't know what to call somebody, you're just going to be labeled as a business, business analyst. analyst. And so you can't, one business analyst for one area may make a, a lot of money while the other one is, does not make as much money there. It's very, um, Oh, it's, what is the, it's situational. It's, it's industry case by case. Case by case. And, and it's also geographical, right? I mean, yeah. you know, based on supply and demand, if there's, you know, in a very remote location, there's not many workers and, you know, yeah. then the, then the, the cost, you know, the, the pay may go up, right? Right, right. So next one we have here is uh, don't take the first offer given to you. So this is, you know, basically like saying negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> this is the very key to the whole conversation, negotiate, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's easy to take that first offer, especially if you are in a position of, I know there was a time when I was laid off from one position, a single mom of three kids. I felt like I needed to do something. And I did take an offer that was given to me and it was a paying a little bit less. And I think if I pushed and it was an hourly role, but it, it was one of those hourly roles, I could have um, negotiated that cost a little bit more. But because I was desperate, um, I didn't ask all the questions. I didn't negotiate properly. And I kind of got stuck in a job that it's like I got one great thing out of it. But overall, I left a lot of money on the table. I left a lot of opportunity on the table because I just yeah. took to like, here, yep, I'll take it. I don't even care yep. what it is. You're just I'll, like, I'll good it. enough. I'm I'm done. Just let's get going. And then I ran the numbers. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. what did I do? God dang it. No. And, you know, I shot myself in the foot really badly with that position. Yeah. Um, it got me to my next role-ish, kind of. But, um, yeah, I, I, I took that offer and that was I definite learning lesson. Definite. Hindsight 2020 kicked in very quickly. All right, so the last uh, don't we have here is don't go overboard or get greedy, and we kind of alluded to that a little bit. You know, if you're going for a job that's fifteen, twenty dollars an hour, normally don't go in asking for fifty, right? Right. Yeah, be reasonable. That's that goes to your skill set too. If you're a reasonable person and you're a critical thinker and a a logical thinker, then you realize you you, you got to stay within the range yourself. You got to have a good idea of what that job is worth. Yeah, and I think it also doesn't send a good precedent when you go in and you ask for way too much and then they offer you, you know, like a small portion of what you asked for and then you take it, right? Right. <laughs> that doesn't start start the relationship good. Well, it says something about both the employer and the employee if that's what they do. It's like that's that that sounds like a train wreck waiting to happen. <laughs> it sure does. All right, so here are some of the do's. The first one is do know the market value of the role. And we talked about that a little bit before. Uh, but basically, yeah, do your research, figure out, you know, how much the position is worth, uh, both within the industry and then also within the local area, within the geography. Uh, there's lots of websites now. Glassdoor.com is one of them that I can yeah. think of. There's there's several websites out there that you can go and uh, put in a position, put in a location, and it'll tell you what the range of pe what the range of salaries are that people mm -hmm. are paying. Yeah, and it's really good to know that too, because that, that will give you the power you need to say, "Look, I can go across town and get this much money." And 
Now, obviously, when I say that respectfully and not, not like, hey, here's my demands, because uh, this is not a hostage crisis situation, but you need to you need to know what you're getting yourself into. It's it's just like buying a house. You want to do as much research on that home as possible. You want to do as much research on the role because if you know if you're if you're going to take the pay and you're going to take the responsibility, can you do it? And um, just just know what you're getting yourself into. But yeah, I think it's also important to note too. I mean, you have to know when to stop doing the research, right? Because you can you can definitely over research. So. If you feel a little bit overwhelmed, just, you know, it might be time to take a break on that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The next point we have is do expect to go back and forth with the negotiation. And this is kind of where, you know, sort of like a volleyball going back and forth, you know, um, you'll make a request, then they'll come back and probably not give you all of it. Maybe they will. And then, you know, you kind of go back and forth and, you know, after a few times, you kind of settle up on, you know, what the final offer is. Yeah, it's, it shouldn't necessarily be one person trying to win. It's not going to be a necessary win-win per se. Somebody's going to lose a little, somebody's going to gain a little. And hopefully those two things will balance out where you feel good about, yeah, it's 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 not the ideal deal. It's not the perfected deal, but this is a pretty good deal. I, I hadn't, it's, it should be something you really probably hadn't thought of, or you set your own range of what's acceptable. And if the, the final offer falls within that range, yeah, that's, that's what the, the, the going back and forth is about. And, um, but you don't want to do it too much, right? Right. I mean, you shouldn't go back and forth maybe 20 times. I think impressive. Uh, if your employer allows for it, 20 times back and forth, they've got a lot of patience. Yeah. Or they want you really bad. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think a couple of times back and forth and, and it's really probably worth bringing up that the first couple back and forth may not be actual negotiation. It may be just answering questions. Yeah. You know, tell me more about your healthcare plan. What does it really cover? What does this mean in the deductible? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, be, you know, be aware that it's okay to ask all those questions. Yeah. Uh, and then, but when you actually get into the actual meat of the offer, the how much money you're going to make, how much vacation do you get, mm-hmm. how much bonus do you get, all of those kinds of things, you should be able to get that within a couple of transactions. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think you make a really good point, Chris, to talk about the medical benefits and the retirement benefits, because those are fringe benefits. They, they're standard now. It's it's, it's something that all, all businesses pretty much offer if they have the opportunity to. It's not required by law because there are some companies that cannot afford to offer that. Right. So it is a benefit and it is something you need to know because that that's kind of incorporating into that salary, right? That's um, like I had one position where uh, the phone and car were provided to me. That was part of the salary because that was part of the benefit. And so there's there's some, that's it should be part of your negotiation strategies knowing where the give and take is and, and where the value is at. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at these offers, you need to sort of put a final value on everything, right? Mm-hmm. And take into account all of those benefits and, and, and either add or subtract the value of them to the right. final offer because not all benefits are an addition, right. <laughs> I would say, uh, particularly when it comes around to healthcare these days. Um, you know, the healthcare plans that are offered today are certainly don't have the benefits that they had 20 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, you may have to really understand, you know, what is your healthcare truly going to cost your family for your situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, try and put a final value around, okay, I'm getting so many weeks of vacation and here's my salary and here's what my taxes are going to be and here's my cost to get to the office and yes. all that sort of stuff. And then you can really compare uh, this to other offers that you may have or in your head, just kind of come up with, uh, you know, is this worth it or not? Yeah. It's gotta be worth your time, right? It definitely has to be worth your time. I mean, you're going to, you're going to put a lot of time and energy into whatever position you have. 
And so it really makes sense that you would, you know, take this very seriously and uh, really, you know, in your head, be comfortable with the offer that you got. Yeah, don't take the first deal, right? Be comfortable with it. That's, yes. (laughs) I I really like the next one. It's uh, do press your luck. A little. A little. <laughs> D- don't go like, you know, Hail Mary pass. Oh my God, you know. Yeah, be careful how you press your luck. And if you've done enough research and you've got a good communication line opened up with your potential employer, then you should kind of know where you can press your luck. Because you're going to do that in your own role, right? You're going to press your luck as you're performing the job itself. Absolutely. And so, yeah, being a little aggressive with your negotiation strategy is a, um, it's important if you're trying to get what you want out of the deal. Um, and that's, you know, I know with one position, I think you've had to do the same thing, Chris, where you're you're told you got to basically argue your point for your um, for what you're asking for, your salary or your vacation. Oh, what, yeah. What's what, what on what grounds should we give this to you instead of like because it's not going to be a hey, I, I want one hundred thousand dollars. OK, it's not how that works. It's why. Right. Why we offered you this. Why should we pay you that? Um, and it's while well, it's I it's it would be fun to say because you offered me originally. So you invited me here. That's not the the right thing, but it's going back on your experiences and and being able to say because I've done this and I can do this here, whatever you got to have some grounds to stand on. Yeah, so that's where again, you start pressing your luck. You know what what problem are you solving, right? There it is. Yes, but you yes. know I, I think it's important to differentiate here about between pressing your luck and turning down an unreasonable offer. Yeah, because uh, I d- I did have a point in my career where I had a company that offered me. Um, you know, position and the offer they gave me was so terrible that I, I didn't even counter with them. I just said, I'm not interested. And a couple of weeks later, they, you know, they called me and, and I, well, why are you not interested? It's because you're not willing to pay the going rate for this position and you're not giving me fair compensation. And so, uh, you know, I think it's completely fair to just not negotiate when, whenever you believe the company is being unreasonable, because chances are, uh, you know, if they're being that unreasonable in the negotiations, uh, working there isn't going to be much better. Yeah, that's a good point. Very much a good point. And that leads into our next one, which is do have a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I need to know what you're, how are you going to do it? How are you going to ask for it? What, what grounds do you have to ask for more money or more vacation time? And that's the thing. You're not just negotiating salary. You're negotiating your vacation time, um, if there's a potential sign-on bonus, and maybe that's not even offered and you ask for it. That's one thing um, in, in one negotiation process I went through, the, the sign-on bonus was not offered by the employer, so I asked for it. Right. Because like, they were asking me to leave a stable position. It's like, what what are you going to give me? Like, where, where's yeah, the... What's it, the incentive? Right. Why would I leave something right. that is solid and, and is secure? And so you that's a, that, and that was a good point to the company. I was making the argument too. It's like, oh, that is a good point. Okay, so how about this? And... Um, so there's various different things, and this is kind of part of the research. If you know people who work with that employer that you are negotiating with, what 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 advice do they have? What how what did they start with, and what are the what are the talks? What are the gossip that they're hearing? And you can kind of use that. I wouldn't say, hey, I heard. It's, right. <laughs> it's um you know for this reason, I I'd like to ask for the sign on bonus to to you know bring me over. And so um, having that strategy, knowing what you're going to do when you're going to do it. And that part of that strategy is having that that range that you're willing to accept. No, that no less than this, and you hate to say no more than that, but you you really do want to know more than that because the expectations might get unreasonable for what you're expected to do, right? Yeah, I think when you negotiate, it's completely fair to go back and say, "I want this," and because, and give your reason, right? Yeah. And don't make it you know six paragraphs, but you should have you know a <laughs> couple of words, sense. maybe a sentence at the most that says, "I want this because." 
and you can show the glassdoor.com, mm -hmm. you know, results and say, well, you know, this position is paying between this and this. And I think I'm, you know, at this point in the grade and, and here's what I'm asking for. And so, yes, data, uh, yeah, having, that, having data. that information really makes a stronger argument. And also, I would say with your vacation, it's really common to negotiate whatever you have, maybe plus some more. Um, yeah. Because if, if you've got four weeks of vacation and you're going over to a position where they only give you two weeks to start, you can totally negotiate and say, well, I want four weeks of vacation because that's where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And that's a completely valid argument. Yeah. Nobody wants to give up things, right? And, and right. I think a lot of companies will just give it to you. Uh, without too much argument. But so it doesn't cost them anything to give that to you. That's just a, a, a promise to say, yeah, well, that's an HR process. We'll put, put four weeks on the on the calendar for you. Because I've, I've screwed myself out of, I had one employer where I had four weeks vacation and I was offered a position with another employer. Didn't even think, I just assumed, yep. oh yeah, I'll have four weeks. It's fine. I got over there in zero. You had to build. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God! Are yeah. you kidding me? That was me? a big shock, wasn't it? Oh, I I wanted to hang myself that day too. I was so mad at myself. <laughs> like I should have, and it it was my own fault. Cause I didn't ask. I didn't. Right. I didn't present, um, and it wasn't a desperate offer. It was a really great offer compared to what I had. It just did not go the, the full circle thinking. The full mile. Yes. Yeah, and, and when you're doing this, I mean, it's it's I think helpful to write things on a piece of paper. You know, write yeah. vacation, old job, two weeks. New job, two weeks or, yes. you know, four weeks and zero. Yeah, and then you would have seen. really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having those check boxes, that's that's the whole point of life, right? So check some boxes. Check some boxes. I mean, ultimately, if you're taking a new position, it's got to benefit you in some way. Either, you know, your life is intrinsically better or you're making more money and, you know, less of a time to commute to work. I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why you would change positions. Yes. Um, you know, but ultimately, if you're going to change jobs, then the one the new job should make your life better in some way than the old job, I think. That's a really good point. And, you know, commute is, a, I think, a big word in there that you used because that's one thing we all have to do, right, is drive to work for the most part. I know that yeah. uh, COVID taught us remote work is a potential out there. But some people do have to go to the office and show up. Right. And so I know that I've always commuted about 30 minutes to my place of employment. And I've recently accepted a new position. I've had a 15-minute drive, and I'm not sure what to do with myself. <laughs> I don't, you got those extra 15 minutes? I'm not, I was like, I can get home sooner. I can, I, I'll never be late to work because I'm always leaving at the 15-minute mark versus the 30-minute mark. Right. So that's going to make my life, and knowing that up front, it's like, that's a perk right there. Yeah, that's a huge change to quality of life, I think, that people really underestimate. Is. I mean, because I've had jobs where I've had to commute two hours. Oh and, and, you know, after that, I kind of went, you know what, my commute's going to be like 15 minutes or less <laughs> because being in the car for that much is just, you know, it doesn't hard. give you a very good quality of life. No. And that's so that's something to, to consider. That's why employers will ask you, we're located here. Is you're in this city? Is this going to be a problem for you? They ask you that on purpose because right. they know that is part of the uh, the job is the drive to work. Yeah, and I think another thing you can negotiate for is asking about, you know, what's their work from home policy and, you know, are, can and you work from home? Yeah, everybody has home. one. And can you work from home two days a week, let's say? And, you know, that's two less days of having to commute to the office. And, and that's a big deal for a lot of people. Um, other things are, you know, you know, how's your work life balance or how flexible is your position if you Culture. have to take the kids somewhere or the kids get sick or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So. Um, you know, do ask a lot of those questions, you know, during this whole process of, okay, you're offering me a position 
and really try and evaluate what is your life really going to be like if you were to take this yeah. new job. Is it hopefully it will improve? That's the idea, right? That's the idea. That's the idea. We don't like going backwards in life, so. Not if we can help it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the last one here is do you reflect on your interview to help create your negotiation strategy? So what's this one all about? So this was actually something I came up with because of the recent transition that I'm, I'm making, uh, going through. Um, when I was going through the negotiation process, I went back and looked at and reflected on the interview process or the discussion was really what it was. And... Um, I remembered some of the things that the interviewers were saying to me about, you know, we, we liked you because we get warm fuzzies from you. you. We liked what you had to say. You stumped us on a couple of things. So they gave me some hot buttons to uh, work with in terms of my negotiation process. And so they made the offer to me. They want me there. And so I wanted to use those skills and showcase them through um, the negotiation process. So looking back on my interview, I could say, you know what, they like these things. This is, these are going to be some of my talking points during my negotiation process. This will be some of my, um, some of the platform I stand on when I say, this is why I want this on top of this, you know? And, and so I think that worked out really well. And in fact, the, uh, the, the, the guy that's going to be my new boss was like, you know, he actually coached me through some of the negotiation process too. Right. He's right. He's like, I really want you here. So, here's some of the things that you can use too to, and that, and that worked out because HR does the real negotiation process for a lot of places. And that's right. something you need to remember who's making the final decision and that's who you're going to have to appeal to. And so um, that looking back, my interview really gave me a lot more confidence to say, they want me, they, they'll, the worst they can say is no, we, right, we made right. the offer. Yep. This is what you're going to get. You don't take it or you don't, don't you get what you get. Don't throw a fit. So then I, it just worked out really well. And that was the first time I'd really used my interview reflections to, to power through the negotiation process. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's important to note, uh, you know, try and take stock of, you know, who you're talking to, right? Because if you're going to talk to your, if you're talking to who may be your future supervisor, they're probably not the ones that are in control of, you know, the whole right. negotiation thing, but that person can fight for you yep. sort of on the inside. Right. So it's good to know sort of who has control and who doesn't because you don't want to, you know, really harp on, a, you know, whoever the supervisor is that interviewed you, if they don't have the power to, to you know, right. to offer you uh, what you're asking for. So, yeah, well, and that's, that was a question that I asked during the negotiation process when I got my first offers, who do I negotiate this with you right. or them? Yeah. Like, point me the direction. And he's like, this is how this works. Like, great. That's all I need to know. And I will, I'll get back with you when I accept the offer. Once this all goes, you know, the way we both want it to go. Uh, but then he did point out, this is exactly what we're looking for. This is this kind of attitude, this kind of go get it, ask the questions, not afraid to put yourself out there and be told no. So that's exactly what we're looking for in this. So that's, that was even more helpful, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to add a, another one here just to the See end that. is uh, do watch for red flags. Oh, and just like do. dating, uh, <laughs> you have to watch for the red flags. So many red flags. So many red flags. So, some of us are collectors of those. <laughs> some of us have more than a few trophy flags. <laughs> There, we need to create another podcast for we, dating. We, we probably should. But no, I think it's important to look out for red flags. I mean, yes. if, if they're being unreasonable in negotiations, uh, if they're withholding information, it, you know, I mean, you, when you're dealing with, with these folks, there may be some things that you just like, it just doesn't That's seem too, yeah. right. I don't, I can't put my thumb on it. I think red flags are a good telltale if, you know, if you're, if you're getting them during this whole negotiation process, you, you may want to step back and reevaluate if you really want to work for that company. 
I totally agree because I know I've been in one of those situations where I saw the red flag, I ignored the red flag, and it was one of the most unenjoyable positions. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so, it's, and do you, I mean, you kind of kick yourself in the butt, right? Yes. Because, you know, once you're in that position, I think it's really easy to look back and go, oh, well, yeah, that was a giant red flag. And oh, I just yeah. kind of ignored it, right? Well, and I, it was, mine was during the interview process when I asked, and I, I asked a very bold question of the interviewer, what about my resume? sparked an interest to me for this role. What did you like about it? And this person um, just read directly from my resume, read from my, my, uh, my objective. You are a blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you seen me watching you read that, right? Like this <laughs> yeah. can't be good. Not, not a lot of depth there. It sounds no, like. No, no. But when you're, and that's one of the things it's, if it seems too good to be true, or if it's a lot of fluff, those are red flags. Like everything is all hunky dory. We're so happy. It's when it starts sounding kind of cult like. Get out. Just stop. And because there'll be there'll be something there. There's something else out there. There will always be something else out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And the last point we have here is do be brave. Yes. So don't be afraid. Yeah. Um, practicing your negotiation strategy with somebody that you know will give you critical feedback. Not oh yeah that's so good no you, you want, want real feedback yeah you want somebody to say watch your posture or watch your tone or maybe don't use those words right um if you've got somebody in the hr department an hr friend that that would be a really great person to get some insight from um but practice it practice it in your head practice it out loud and listen to yourself say the words um that you want to use to negotiate with because it makes a difference. If you don't practice it, it's like trying to go out and play football for the first time. You're going to get tackled and it's going to hurt if you don't know how to get tackled, right? Right. So yeah, to put yourself out there, make it practice and do it over and over and over until you're comfortable um, with the with your strategy when you have no more questions of yourself. Yeah, I think that's that's a really important thing to to you know be cognizant of, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. As I keep talking, Chris keeps adding. I keep like sparking information. I in know your we head. keep. I keep thinking of new <laughs> things to I'm add here. here and he keeps typing stuff, and it's so funny. I'm like, oh, we got another one. We're gonna keep going. It'd be like, uh, um, what's the thing that the kids like watching? SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. You know, three hours later. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I just thought of one here, though, and, I, and, I, and I do want to add it. It's do be time sensitive. And so, you know, you don't have to, when you get an email from them with an offer, you don't have to reply back in two minutes, right? right. You, you, it's, an, it's okay to take some time. But if you're going to wait more than a day, I think that, that you're going to kind of stall the negotiations a little bit, right? So yeah. uh, make sure you're time sensitive on these things. You know, take a little bit of time to evaluate it. You know, mm -hmm. reasonable amount of time is, you know, 12 up to maybe 24 hours. I think if you let things go more than a day, then you kind of stall things out, right? Well, you're, you're expressing the fact that you're probably not interested. Um, it's probably a good idea to at least say, thank you for the offer. Let me run some numbers. I'll get back to you. So at least you can buy yourself that time and say, I've, I've recognized you. I'll get back to you. Um, but I think a 24-hour mark response is a really good um, that's a good game plan. It, it provides, it's a good part of the strategy to incorporate, I think. Um, but it's, again, you just want to open that line of communication up to let them know I've seen it. Let me think about it and I will, I will get back to you. Yeah. And, I, and you know, if you have, and that goes for questions too, right? If, if you yes. get an offer and you have questions about it, you know, definitely, you know, and that might be a way for you to get some additional time to think about things, but definitely come back to them with questions, you know, maybe before the end of the day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then they're probably going to take, you know, another half a day or a day to get back to you. Right. So, I mean, these negotiations can go on for a couple of days, you know, a week or two kind of thing. Uh, but, but certainly you don't want to let something hang for, 
you know, 24 or 48 hours yeah. uh, beyond that. But, you know, if you are going to be maybe traveling or you have a legitimate reason for not mm -hmm. responding to them in, you know, say that day time frame, I would just let them know what to expect, yeah. right? Because Absolutely. you may say, hey, I've got this important business trip or I'm going to be out of the country or whatever, and I'll get back to you in three days. That's, mm -hmm. that's at least giving them you know, a heads up and, and letting them know that what to expect in the negotiation yes. process. But you don't want to just go three days without responding and then all, you know, because right. don't you, go, you're going to ghost them. Don't, yeah, don't ghost you're going to, you're going to lose, you know, you're going to lose uh, credibility with them if you do that. And, yeah. and ghosting is a good point too. If you're done with the negotiations and tell them, I'm sorry, this didn't work out. We're done. You yes, know, I'm not interested. Move close on. Close it off and be done and move on. Yes. Uh, because you burn a bridge otherwise. Yeah, I think I think you you do, um, and and it's also important. I mean, it's helpful for them if you can get. Maybe it's helpful for them. They might not take it, but you, you might want to tell them why you're terminating the negotiations. Right? Is it? Did you decide it's not the right position for you? You know, is it not the right salary for you? I mean, you know, Another there could be came through that right. There could be a number of yeah. reasons. Be honest about them, though. But, but yeah, just just let them know. Detailed. And you may be surprised if if you guys are really far off in the negotiations, and you come back and you say, "Well, you're not even in the same universe for salary." <laughs> you know, yeah. Then, then they may come back. But again, if they're not in the same universe, then maybe that's not a company right. you want to work for either. Yeah, and so bottom line, ultimately, when you put all of this together, remember that you're showcasing your skill set from the time that you walk in through the interview to the negotiation to what our next pod, our next episode will be about that first day. So if you need to make sure that whatever talk you've given them about your skill set, you're going to walk it when you go through this negotiation process. You don't want to say, yeah, I'm super communicative. I'm super this, I'm super that. And then you ghost them or don't respond in timely fashion or, you know, you're disorganized with the information in your negotiation. Make sure you're using your skills. That's the whole point of all of this is to really say, I, not only do I have them, I know how to use them. Absolutely. And so that's, that is a big thing that the action, the words should align up yeah, pretty just, stinking close. We're getting close to a dating podcast here again. Your <laughs> actions and your words should match. <laughs> that's with the, there's so much to that. That's a, <laughs> that's another three hours later. Yeah. Next <laughs> on the business mayhem dating edition, we're talking about, <laughs> actually we could do one because people meet at work and date. That's at true. Work. That's I true. Mean, there's, there's opportunity. Also, there. also not a great idea. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I met Bo, but we were slick. We were really slick. Like our, we had, we shared the same boss, but they had no idea we were dating for eight months prior to my leaving the company. The no and, clue. And another reasons why you may be needing a new job when you break up with somebody <laughs> and don't want to work with them anymore. Like, yes. How awkward. Go oh. back and listen to our podcast on writing your resume. <laughs> Nice. That was full circle. I like how that you did that. That was full circle. Was I, cool. I did. I did wrap that up pretty slick uh, there. Pretty. That's my yes. <laughs> that's so funny. So these have been some strategies for you on you know what to do when negotiating with your employer on getting a new position. Uh, so you know they're going to kick that negotiation off. They're going to give you an offer on you know salary and vacation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we tried to give you some points here on, you know, what are some things to do and not do uh, when you're doing that negotiation. So hopefully that'll be helpful to you. And uh, the next episode, like Tara said, we're going to go dive into your first day on the job and uh, maybe what you should do to prepare for that job. And, and you know, there is a strategy. guys. There, there definitely is a strategy because first impressions are very important. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you can't just like roll into work, you know, and sweatpants and 
you know, and <laughs> like, clean. yo, I'm here. <laughs> what do Let's I do? get to work. And we're, we're not talking about that, the, you know, the HR orientation. We're talking about your first day going into the job. And so I think um, of all of these, I'm, I mean, I love the negotiation one, but I'm probably most excited about the strategy one because um, that's a, currently what I'm working on right now is my first day strategy. So I think it'll be um, a really good refresher for me. And I think it'll be really informative for our audience out there. But um, as far as our audience out there, you know, we have given a lot of do's and don'ts. I mean, maybe we missed something or we didn't explore something enough so if you have any ideas or um, comments you want to make you should go to the our website or go to, to emails what's the best way so yeah if you want to talk to us uh, go to bizandmayhem.com click on any of the episodes and at the bottom of every episode there's a form where you can send us an email um, or you can also subscribe to us on Patreon because yeah. uh, supporting the podcast is is certainly important. And, uh, you know, our first tier only starts out at three bucks a month, which is, you know, about the cost of that fancy cup of coffee you get probably several times a month, right? Right. Yes, I know I do. Absolutely. And then the next level up is the manager level, and that's $15 a month. It's about the price for lunch, typically. Yeah. So for the cost of a lunch, you can support the podcast help us keep making content for you. We would really like that. And we also have an executive level, which is a premium level, which gives you a bunch more uh, things. We'll do a, a monthly call with you, you know, to try and talk about strategy and things like that. So anyhow, go over and uh, support the podcast, see what the benefits are there. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, uh, definitely uh, go over to the website at bizandmayhem.com and click on any of the episodes, you can then talk to us or support us by clicking on Patreon. Yes, please. All right. So until next time, uh, you guys all take care and be good and let us know what you're thinking and have fun in the mayhem. All right. Take care, everybody. See ya. The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast.